Welcome to Welcome to the Hallwell Manor. I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And we're here to discuss Season 5, Episode 21. Necromancing the Stone. Okay, I know I know I've mentioned this before, but I think this is honestly my favorite episode of Charmed. This is this is the episode where Graham's fucks. One of them. Yeah. This is the one where well, I don't want to give away our no, premonition. There's so much to love about this episode. How camp it is, how much the actors are chewing the scenery. Grams hates men to such a huge degree that she's about to throw a baby boy out a window. Okay, I'm going to say the thing that uh, you said was too mean, but I'm going to say it anyway. This is when we find out that Grams is basically Phoebe. No, that's too mean. Also, Grams is competent. What was Grams' power? Telekinesis. Okay. We see her do this weird, like, hand gesture thing to activate it in the episode, which I guess is what we saw with her whole Demons Be Gone thing when we saw her use her powers way back when they went back in time. It's kind of a weird activation gesture for her power, though. I mean, I know Prue had the eye thing, and then they switched to the hands. Yeah. But, like, it's she didn't have, like, a specific gesture, like, Penny does this weird, like, Penny, because we're friends. Uh, Grams, do- <laughs> Grams, like, we're related. <laughs> she does this weird kind of, like, tea gesture thing. We'll, we'll... You know what? Uh, you know what it reminds me of? What? The Magicians. Yeah, where magic's all about handwork. Yeah, like extra complicated hand movements. The Beast in The Magicians has, like, extra fingers because he does, you know, that kind of magical spells. The book, not the TV show. Yes. Like, there are a lot of things the TV show version of The Magicians did better than the books. Yep. I I prefer the, I prefer the TV show The Magicians to the books. But, like... Although, famously, I'm not a big fan of the books, so I guess that's to yeah. be expected. I like the first book and parts of the third book. You could honestly just stop after reading the first book. Or you could you just... could just watch the TV show. I enjoyed the series more than you, but like the main thing that I feel like the uh, books did better than the TV show is the Beast, because there's a lot of stuff with him that really works a lot better in writing. Yeah, the thing where the Beast appears for the first time in the classroom, but for some reason his face is shrouded by like tree branches that aren't even really there and you can't like get a good look at him that doesn't translate to film what does that even mean what does that even mean lev grossman but no it's a cool it's a cool visual thing yeah but it's it's hard to recreate it that doesn't really work yeah i mean it didn't really work yeah you know what i'm not even gonna say that would be impossible to do it's i i think that you could have done it but possibly not on a tv budget I I really don't think they even tried. Yeah, no. Yeah, the Beast, and honestly, most of Alice's arcs, although it's, it's a little apples and oranges. I like the Alice from the books better, but she also gets way less focus. I mean, I don't mind that they changed Alice's arcs, because, like, frankly, Alice's stuff in the third book I hated so much. Well, I'm mostly talking about the first book. Like, I love the scene where she confronts the Beast. It's, like, one of my favorite scenes ever. The, because it's the moment where Quentin realizes that he isn't actually the main character. Okay, but you know what? That's the thing, right? 
Quentin is our point of view character in The Magicians, for m- most of it. Not to get too far into it. Like, he's, he's basically our point of view character. In the TV show, we start with him, but we are following other people. It's not, it's not the Quentin show, which means that he doesn't have to have the weird genre-bending realization that he's not the main character, because he's already not. Quentin is already not the main character, and he's so much more likable when he doesn't have main character syndrome. Well, yeah, the entire series is very Scott Pilgrim-esque in that it's Quentin realizing that he's a huge douchebag and he needs to just sit back and not be a huge douchebag all the time. He's so much less of a douchebag in the TV show, too. Well, yeah, that's why he doesn't need to have that character arc. Yeah. What were we talking about? Oh, hand gestures. What was Patty's power? She could freeze time. Right, right. Okay. I was trying to remember if we saw witches with premonitions other than Phoebe, which is who, like, knew how to use them. Well, we've seen demons with per- We've seen a lot of demons with premonitions who all seem to be able to use them better than Phoebe. But, yeah, despite them talking up premonition as, like, a big honkin' awesome witch power... I don't feel like we see any of the uh, ancestral, tra- well, outside of the one episode where we saw Melinda Warren, mm-hmm. like, we don't really see any ancestors using premonition. Although, I had a theory about this, which was that the Book of Shadows was written by witches with premonition as a power, which is why there are all of the power of three spells that are already in there. Oh, that's interesting. I, it, we are recording this the week that... Megacon just happened. Mm-hmm. So Alyssa Milano and Holly Marie Combs and Shannon Doherty have kind of been dragging things out through through con appearances and Instagram posts. It's been 78 years. <laughs> How is this still going? No, I feel bad for them. I feel bad for them that this is obviously such a sore subject a quarter of a century later. Like, that's rough. Mm. And obviously, there was a lot of ways that they were pitted against each other by producers. But the question is, if Alyssa Milano had left the show instead of Shannon Doherty, and Paige had come on then to replace Phoebe, what would Paige have been like with premonition power? And I think it would have been cool. I think a Paige with premonition power would have been cool. Well... You mentioned this, and I think it's a cool concept. I swear we will actually talk about this That's episode. Right. I love this episode, which is why it's weird we're not talking about it so well, much. Well, a lot of stuff went down this week. I guess. I mean, do we have to keep relitigating it? No, I just want to talk about what Paige would be like with premonition powers. That's all. Okay. Well, I think you were right when we were talking about this earlier, and uh, the the bit where she discovers how Phoebe and Cole's relationship is going to go by using tarot cards. Mm-hmm. Like if they had gone with sort of, she uses the spirit board. She has like premonitions, but they're like object assisted or something like that would have been cool. That would have been cool. A cool direction. Although let's be fair. They would have just given her Phoebe's premonitions and then have her not use them ever much like Phoebe. Oof. Oof. Yeah, I do. Yeah, that's what I was saying this to you off mic. But yeah, I think Paige's premonition powers would have been like with tarot cards, with casting runes. I think we would have seen her using divination, divination more than premonition, I guess. Mm. 
But yeah, they would have just given her premonitions and then had her not use them in favor of her white lighter powers. Mm. Like how Phoebe doesn't use her premonitions in lieu of her column writing powers. Another thing that we've hardly ever seen her do, by the way. Not speaking of that at all, the episode opens with Paige post-coital with Scraggly Joe from uh, last episode. I am shocked that this is a two-episode character. Okay, okay. So he has this tattoo, and she's like, ooh, the Celtic Wheel of Bean. And he's like, wow, I'm so impressed that you know what that is. And I'm like, you just picked up some, like, goth Wiccan chick, and you're shocked that she knows about your... Your scraggly-ass Wiccan tattoo, and then you point it out. This is just him, like, flattering Paige. Oh, wow, you're so smart. Nobody knows what this tattoo is. You're special. You're so special and smart, Paige. By the way, this apartment is a fuck apartment. Oh, yeah, because it's just, it's just a loft with a bed in it and nothing else. I mean, it's really pretty, don't get me wrong, but, like... Yeah, for fucking... Yes. It's a loft with a bed. And, and a bathroom. And Yes. But next to the bed, giant floor-to-ceiling windows that overlook the city. I mean, it's really pretty. Also, by the way, a lot of really good cinematography in this episode. Like, all of the shots with Paige and Scraggly Joe, like, they're so well composed and the lighting is so good. Uh, speaking of the bathroom that this loft has, Paige gets a call from... Piper and she's like, Oh, gotta go. Hold on a second, and runs into the bathroom so that she can orb away back to the manor because Piper's been working on vanquishing various demons, demons that like feed on ghosts and shit, so that they can summon all of their ancestors there for the wickening, for the which is basically the christening of Wyatt. But But wickening. But wickening because they're because witches and wicca it's it's the same thing. Yeah, Piper's been going through the Book of Shadows, and she's looking up all of these demons that feed on ghosts. The whole point of this blessing is to ensure that the baby is good, which I feel like would kind of curtail a lot of next Free season. will? Eh, I mean, oh, yeah, I'm it's sorry. It's charmed. You were going a different direction with that. Please, by all means. I mean, the entire next season is about Wyatt, you know, trying to stop Wyatt from becoming evil in the future. Like... So, does the Wickening not matter? I mean... I thought this was more about him, like, not being good, but him being, like, blessed. Okay, well, what does blessed mean in that case? Like, protected? Yeah, protected. He... So, yep. so did Grams throw Patty, like, a really shitty Wickening, and that's why she died in, like, 27? I mean, I think clearly they just didn't invite the 13th fairy and she got cursed i get it was an emotional thing and you know like you don't always think it through but it it's and i know we've talked about it on the podcast before she died trying to stop her white lighter from drowning even though that's not one of the ways white lighters can die oh okay i thought you were gonna relitigate sleeping beauty Oh. And, like, why couldn't they just invite Maleficent to the party? It's like, they can't! It's the 13th fairy! It would have been a curse either way. Fairy rules. So, I don't think Piper needed Paige for this. She's like... No, she's obviously just cock-blocking. Yeah, she gets Paige to come in so Piper can read a summoning spell to summon 
a creeper demon or the main creeper demon, a creeper demon, which will feed off of ghost energy. So Piper's going to summon it, and then Paige is going to throw the vanquishing potion. Piper, summoning is a mouth thing. <laughs> Throwing potions is a hand thing. It's not a two-person operation. But there's a really uh, there's another really good camera thing where Piper reads the summoning spell, and we see the creeper rise up from behind them, and the camera kind of angles itself down as the guy rises up from behind them. Like, it's a good shot. It is a good shot. So, Paige orbs back into the bathroom. Yeah, they blow up the guy immediately. He has a very intimidating entrance, and then Paige just... Yes, they blow him up. Paige orbs back into the bathroom. Scraggly Joe's banging on the door, like, what is happening in there? It's been forever! And then when he opens the door, he, like, smells the brimstone, and he's like, oh, are you a secret smoker? You don't have to go in there to smoke. It's no big deal. We don't need any secrets between us. Or rather, he says, I know your secret. Uh, no no this is real i think this is actually really clever because he says he knows her secret when obviously her real secret which is going to be her plot in this episode is that she is a witch and of course he has a secret too that he's not letting you know letting out right now i just i think it's really clever the like secret swerve there i'm a little i I like this episode I like this episode a lot. We've As already you've mentioned said. it's one of my favorites. It feels weird that the truth spell doesn't factor into more of the plot. Because, like, she really just uses it on him and then it's not a thing for the rest of the episode. Even though the truth spell isn't something you cast on someone else. It's something you cast on yourself. And once you cast it, people have to tell you the truth. Yeah, you're right that they don't really, they literally don't use it other than her learning Scraggly Joe's secret there. In fact, it specifically only affects him, which is not how the truth spell worked the last time we saw it. But. Th- that That's accurate. But I think it it's important because this episode, as you said, is about Graham's not trusting men. Not trusting men because of what happened with the necromancer and also just, you know, her whole life before that. Yeah, she had like... Seven husbands. Mm-hmm. I know we keep bumping it up, but eh, what are you going to do? Correct us. <laughs> I think canonically it was only five. It doesn't matter. It doesn't yeah. matter. Once you're above two, it's it's it doesn't matter. Just throw another one on the pile. But yeah, so Graham's plot is about not like, you know, not trusting men, not not liking men. And the way this is causing her to react to baby Wyatt and also the way her past is coming back up. Right. Piper's plot is tied in with that because she's got to deal with baby Wyatt. Well, she, is... she, she's got to deal with the fact that her grandmother doesn't like her baby because it's a dude. Who might be evil because he's a dude and can't be trusted with magic. Mm. Okay, next whole next season mm-hmm. Paige is dealing with the fact that her man is a lying sleaze bucket mm. and phoebe is trying to decide if she can trust a man enough to essentially like choose a man over her sisters which even if a man is not sleazy is definitely a thing that grams fears like as far as all of the subplots tying in this this episode does a good job with it better than better than some yeah i mean we were on a run of not great episodes, and it's really nice. What? That... What? You didn't like Lucky Charmed? 
Well, Lucky Charmed was fucking Shakespeare compared to nymphs just want to have fun. <laughs> that one's not even wordplay. The episode that was barely written. But yeah, like, everyone has a subplot and they all relate to each other. And yeah, writing! So, Phoebe is uh, trying out her different makeup with Wyatt. She's, she's modeling for Wyatt. It's really neat that they have the baby kind of here and it's not just a bassinet that everyone's talking into or just like a wad of blankets that people are carrying in their arms yeah yeah and honestly it having an actual baby who's actually doing baby stuff really sells the scene mm-hmm. like through throughout this whole scene baby whites he's reaching for stuff you can tell rose mcgown's good with kids too just because of the way she interacts with the baby do you mean Rose McGowan or Alyssa Milano? Because they, they're both in the scene, and I think they're both doing a good job with uh, the baby. I, I meant specifically Rose McGowan. She does a lot of, like, really little stuff to engage with the baby, but, like, I don't know. It's really cute. It, this scene really works better having them interact with the baby mm-hmm. and having the baby, like, picking up the makeup and, like, them trying to move it, you know? Yeah. But they're they're talking about boys. Specifically... Paige wants to see if Scraggly Joe will be cool with her being a witch, so she's going to cast the truth spell, and Phoebe's like, We've already done this plot! Yeah, like, Prue did this with Andy back in season one, and and Paige is like, who? And, and Phoebe's who like, and oh, who? oh boy. Who and, yeah, who and who. Oof. But, like, and, and Phoebe has a shockingly good point where she's like, haven't you guys been on, like, three dates? Isn't it really early? in this relationship to be like would you be cool with me being a witch yeah but the thing is the truth spell makes you forget all of the things you've you've heard in the 24 hours that the spell was cast so you know who cares right well why why not do it early in the relationship and decide if you want to spend the time or not i appreciate them not mentioning personal gain here i mean on the one hand i do appreciate that and on the other hand i'm like oh so we just don't care about personal gain anymore but you're right it's a pain in the ass fuck personal gain so speaking of continuity hey look who's capable of summoning a ghost all by herself look who can summon a ghost without using the power of three phoebe well no not phoebe (laughs) (laughs) no but remember yeah i remember yes got the jury duty episode i'm sorry phoebe that is embarrassing you're one of the charmed... Grams could summon... Well, I mean, Grams is a powerful witch. If Patty could do it, then that would be more embarrassing, but... Uh, yeah. Yeah, in the in the, in the the jury duty episode, Phoebe needed her sisters in order to summon a ghost, but of course... Of course, Piper is able to summon Grams all by herself. Yeah. Which... We knew that Grams summoned Patty all the time, and she isn't even a charmed one. Oh Uh-oh. my god, imagine being dead and you still have to deal with Grams. <laughs> but and we saw that's why that's why that's why prue got re got herself reincarnated so quickly Mm. next episode we are one episode away from talking about chris although i will maintain not next episode but in the one following that they had no idea where they were going with his arc they definitely changed what they were planning to do with him oh no we've we've talked about this a lot and buckle yourselves in because we're gonna talk about it more but yeah they some they summon grams and grams 
immediately corporealizes. She shows up in the ghost effect, but then she steps out of the ring of candles that they use for ghost summoning, and she's solid. Yeah. Because she had a lot of shit to do this episode, and they couldn't pay for the effect for the whole episode. Yes, that. But also, one of the things that I really enjoy about Charmed is the fact that Grams does continually get actively more powerful in the afterlife Mm, yeah like we get to see her do stuff later that she was definitely not capable of doing when she was alive Mm -hmm. so i just i think that's cool that you can keep on becoming a stronger witch after death if you're you know dedicated to the craft enough that is cool so i was thinking about her becoming corporeal specifically because i've been re-watching gray's anatomy Mm -hmm. and i just got to the part where Izzy starts fucking Denny's ghost. Okay. And they did a really cool thing with the way they shot it. So when Denny is like, I'm not a ghost, or he doesn't say he's not a ghost, but when he says that she can touch him, that he's corporeal, basically, they did the shot the way you would if her hand was going to go through him, right? The camera was locked off on 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 a two for shot. Specifically, you know, so that you could see the effect of her hand going through him. But instead, she touches him and he is corporeal. And I just thought it was cool the way the camera, like, faked you out there. Yeah. As this episode has demonstrated, there's a lot of cool stuff you can do with cameras. But yeah, Grams is corporeal now. It's kind of weird that Phoebe basically never has plots with Grams. Especially because they were the two that had, like, beef when Grams was alive. Yeah, you know why they had beef? Because Graham saw so much of herself in Phoebe. Hmm. Yeah. So Phoebe and Paige come downstairs with the baby and they're like, here's little Wyatt. And Graham's is like, that's a little butch, isn't it? Also doesn't start with a P. Come on. Come on. You know my whole deal. That is a little weird that they didn't come up with a P name for him. Yeah. Well, they point out that he's a boy. It's not butch for a boy. And Graham's fucking tosses the baby to leo immediately she does not want to touch that child she's like ew gross a boy okay okay so they do say by the way when she's like oh he's a boy they're like couldn't you tell from his outfit no he's a baby ladies like you could you can put babies in anything you know that right they'll hold still while you put them in any outfit and or they won't or yeah right and pants and a sweater and a little baseball cap with a strap on it so that it's strapped to his head is, yes, okay, a a more boyish outfit than some, but there's no reason to not dress a girl like that, other than this is, like, a religious ceremony and there should probably be some sort of christening gown, in which case, why well, it should be in the gown? Well, there is one later. I guess they just summoned her so she could get set up for it. Yeah, I guess so. Speaking of getting set up. Well, speaking of men. (laughs) Both both of those things. Yeah, Paige and Phoebe immediately book it to go deal with their respective dudes. Jason wants to talk to Phoebe about some big decision she'll need to make about their relationship. And Paige needs to cast the true spell on Scraggly Joe. Also, uh, Jason, uh, Phoebe's boyfriend slash boss, gross, Hmm. has been out of the country for a while. So she's missed him and it's time to like hook up so the two of them skedaddle out of the scene and grams is like uh she should have just got a dog they're more loyal and they die sooner 
And Leo's like, I'm going to take the baby and go somewhere else. And she's like, what? You're already dead. Come on. Who else suggested as advice to someone when they were trying to deal with being alone that they should just get a dog? <laughs> okay. It was Phoebe. You're trying to ruin Grams for me. I love Grams. If anything, I'm saying Phoebe has a chance to become cool. <laughs> but speaking of uncool things that Grams does. <laughs> oh, harsh. She says that she needs to uh, summon and, and destroy a couple more, a, a couple more demons, including the necromancer. And then we cut to Piper's like, "Isn't he dead?" And, and Gramps is like, "He's a necromancer, Piper." Also, like she's dead. Everyone they're bringing there is dead. Death means nothing if you're not super dead and in super hell. And in some cases, even that means nothing. Yeah, like Cole is super dead, and spoiler alert, he's gonna show up later too. Like, what does death mean when hell is just a place you can travel to at will? Like, yeah. anyway, the necromancer is down in his necromance lounge. Yeah, they're in an astral plane, but not the astral plane. They're they're in a place between life and death. But not the place between life and death where Leo saved Piper when she got infected by the disease from the doll that stabs diseases into you. Oh my god, that doll was ridiculous. And not the place between life and death where Piper and Leo end up where they have sex and conceive Chris later. This is an another Spoilers realm. about who Chris is, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> This is another realm where the necromancer. It's a necro realm. Yes, the necromancer's gay personal assistant has brought him a fairy to eat, so that he can manifest bodily in the physical plane. Okay, so he lets the fairy out of the jar he's got it in, the little killing jar it's in. Also, uh, everyone can see fairies now. Like I, I know, I know, it was only a thing in the episode where they were introduced, but it used to be a thing where only children could see fairies. But whatever. Anyway, the fairy, like, flies away, and it flies towards a candle, like a moth or something. Yeah. Well, well, the gay assistant guy put the fairy in a jar, and the necromancer's like, you didn't put any air holes in the jar. And he's like, yeah, duh. So the fairy dies, and her soul flies out, and it's flying towards the light like a moth. And then the necromancer eats her. Yes, and becomes corporeal, which causes the the viewer, to become uneasy about Grams, who we just saw become corporeal. It's a nice kind of doubling there. Yeah. Okay, I love this guy so much. He's chewing so much scenery, but you know what? It works for charms. This guy knows what show he's in. Also, possibly, this is just how he acts in everything he's in. But We'll talk about that at the end. He's like, God, a fairy? You couldn't have given me anything with a little more meat on the bones? He's like, maybe I should eat you. I'm wasting away. And he's, he's like flailing at the spider webs. I, I love the dynamic these two have because the personal assistant guy's like, well, if you ate me, then who would bring you other things to eat and he's like god i don't even want to be here anymore what's the point of anything also there's kind of a fun thing where i i swear this doesn't even feel scripted but the necromancer reaches out and like you said he swipes at the cobwebs and then for the rest of the scene he's like looking at his hand like gross what is this stuff like trying yeah. to get it off you know, the scene ends with him kind of flicking it off it's fantastic i love it so much 
So we opened this episode with Paige postcoital, and we at night when it's raining, and we cut to Phoebe postcoital standing at another window, staring at the sun. Yeah, uh, there's parallelism here. Uh. And then Jason, who you remember, is played by Eric Dane, who's also McSteamy. Mm. Like I said, I'm doing my Grey's Anatomy rewatch. It's really weird to see young Eric Dane here when I just saw him try to, like, screw an intern. Is he a better actor in Grey's Anatomy than he is in Charmed? He's not terrible or anything, but he is a real, this is just a paycheck to me vibe to him. Yeah, I would say he's better in Charmed, definitely. Wait. I, I'm Grey's Anatomy, I mean. Okay. So he gives Phoebe a present and she because he tells her that he has to leave for work. He's got to go to China for, like, six months. And when she opens the present, it's a Chinese-American dictionary. Wow, so it translates between Chinese and ASL, the, you know, only language invented in America. Although heavily influenced by French Sign Language. Yeah, well, I mean, all languages come from other languages. Also, indigenous languages are invented in America. It wasn't America then. Oh, that's true. Okay. Okay, fair enough. I'm sorry, you threw me completely off my point, which is that Phoebe's like, why would you give me a a Chinese-American dictionary right before you leave for months to go to China? What is this even supposed to mean? Oh my god, is Phoebe the stupidest person alive? Because he's like, it's because I want you to come to China with me. And she's like, She's No, it's even worse. She's like, I can't do that. I have a job. And he's like, well... I'm your boss, and your job is to write a column for a newspaper, which even here in this pre-COVID world, you can really do from anywhere. Also, and... He says, I'll have you transferred to the Hong Kong branch, and it's like, okay, so is she going to be answering letters from people in Hong Kong, or is she going to be doing her current job, but while living in Hong Kong? Yeah, I think it's the second one. I mean, she does go into the office to answer her letters sometimes. and She, she has... She has her own office in the newsroom. Yeah, she does. She does. Then she says she can't go because she has a new baby nephew. And that makes sense if you're the Charmed Ones, which obviously she is one third of. But imagine telling someone that you can't go visit them because your sister just had a baby. Like, that's wild. Yes, yes, yes. That's wild. Your sister who has a stay-at-home husband... And another sister in the house. Who doesn't have a job. Yeah. They don't know that she's being a witch full time. How much help does Piper need? There are two people who are basically being full time parents to this baby. And then there's also Piper. But back at uh, Scraggly Joe's apartment, he's uh, on the phone with someone. And uh uh-oh, that's suspicious. Only cheating cheatersons, you know, talk to other people on the phone. Well, he's talking about, like, house repairs. So it is suspicious if you're paying attention. Because he has an apartment that no one would live in. But also, who would he be talking to about house repairs? Mm. But his house house. Not to give it away. <laughs> For like, well, it's, it's going to happen right now. Because Paige is like, okay... I need you to stand there while I recite a couplet at you, and then you never need to worry about anything ever again. And he's like, okay, yeah, sure, why not? So she casts the memory, not the memory spell, the truth spell on him, which will, of course, erase his memory in 24 hours. 
And then she tells him, hey, listen, I need you to know that I am a witch. And he doesn't believe her despite the fact that she said a rhyming couplet and then a bunch of sparkles appeared. And we know they are diegetic because he swipes at them with his hands. And he says, did you just see that? Yeah. And he's like, really? A witch? Really? Really? Like the sparkly thing just didn't happen. But she proves it to him because she can orb. So she, well, I mean, it not even a witch power page. No, I know. I mean, that's true. <laughs> I feel like you're getting hung up on the wrong detail here, though. Which is that Scraggly Joe is like, wow, a witch. That's super awesome. Can't wait to tell my wife about it. Kind of an unforced error, dude. He has to tell the truth. I guess the truth is my wife will be so psyched when she finds out that magic is real. Yeah. Although, now that I'm, as we're talking about it and I'm thinking about it more, he didn't have to bring that up. My wife will be psyched when she finds out magic is real because theoretically his wife would never find out (laughs) magic is real because he's not going to tell her he's fucking another woman, much less fucking another witch. Yeah. A lot of this spell seems to be a say whatever's on my mind spell, which is not exactly a you know truth spell but whatever all right over in piper and grams's plot piper is looking up the necromancer in the book of shadows with grams and huh she points out that the description of the necromancer includes hey this is you know he enjoys uh beef bolognese and long romantic walks on the beach at night and this is how he likes to get his dick sucked um, you know who else did that? <laughs> yes, yes. It's basically just the thing Phoebe did with Cole when she put like her her little her little scrapbook of how much she loved Cole into the Book of Shadows. Yeah. I mean, it's it's basically at verbatim, which like including the the moonlight walks thing, which when have we ever seen? I, Nobody I, likes moonlight walks. You know, I would buy the necromancer because he's a very cheesy dude. But, like, Cole, come on. It, it was, like, in season, in season one when Piper cast the, like, to find a guy spell. And she's like, I want someone who will take me biking at dawn. And I'm like, no, you do not, Piper. Not <laughs> you, even in season you, one. You think you do, but you definitely don't. Plus, he's called the Necromancer, not the Lunamancer. Also, nobody, I, I know I just a second ago said nobody likes long walks in the moonlight. Mm-hmm. But actually, the fact is... Everybody likes long walks in the moonlight exactly the same. So it is not something to comment on. Every single person in the world goes, huh, cool. The moon looks nice tonight in the same level. Everyone knows the moon looks the prettiest after you take out the trash. I thought you were going to say the moon looks the prettiest after you bang. <laughs> no, we went very different directions <laughs> yeah, we there. did. <laughs> All right. So Grams is making up a potion to uh, vanquish the necromancer more because Piper's like, if he's already, like, the reason I didn't consider him a threat is because he's already dead. Like, didn't you already vanquish him? What's, what's going to be the difference here? And Grams is like, this time I'm going to try harder. I mean, he's the necromancer. He has control of the dead. And also he showed up at Penny's wickening. Patty's wickening. So... Even without what we know, it, I guess it makes sense for her to be a little concerned. Okay, the fact that he showed up at Patty at Patty's wickening 
Does that mean that, like, was she cheating on her husband with the necromancer? Well, as I said, I'm in my Grey's Anatomy rewatch, and I'm at the point where Izzy is having sex with Denny, and she is dating... Ghost Denny. Do, do, do. Okay, sorry. I don't even know what that was. Ghostbusters. Uh, oh, if you say so. Ghostbusters. Are you okay? Okay. It's two words. It's hard to do a tune with two words. Anyway, she's dating Alex, um, but it's not cheating because Denny is dead. It's fine. Okay. So Grimms wasn't cheating on her. Uh, on That's on exactly my point. Yeah. Maddie's dad. Yeah, that's exactly my point. It does probably her first husband, right? Yeah, I would think so. Especially because she does say that her first husband was a good guy at some point. Yeah, well, and we get a whole episode about the altered timeline that would exist if he hadn't died because of a slime monster. He was a hippie, so that's the episode where we find out that Gramps had sex with Leo, which oh, maybe they were just all free love. So he he didn't even care that she was having sex with a dead guy. Yeah, probably not. Yeah. Anyway, Paige comes in and she's very angry at what she learned about her boyfriend. And Gramps is like, you know what would make you feel better? Killing some other random dude. I mean, she's not wrong. Not wrong. So. <laughs> They blorp into the necromancer's house, and Gramps does the, like, force palm thing, and, like, shoves him into the wall, and then she throws the potion at him, and he kerplodes, and she's like... She actually has has Paige throw the potion, Mm. because Paige is the one who's angry. Um, But I'm sorry, you skipped over the part where he was, like, lounging on this casket, just like, not not a casket, a... um, what what are those what would you call like the stone thing inside of a mausoleum oh that's a good question i bet that has a name i'm sure it does that's where he's lounging he's just lounging there like like he's waiting speaking of sleeping beauty like he's waiting for prince philip to come wake him with a kiss and when they all orb in there he he springs up and he's like penny and 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 you bet you bet piper clocks that piper is like wait wait it's like in this is like in Spider-Man when uh, when Doc Ock shows up and uh, Aunt May is like, live. And it's like, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. We all saw that. We all saw that. Anyway. My friends call me Liv. My enemies call me Dr. Octopus. <laughs> oh, no. It's Liv. So the sisters return home to Phoebe, who's doing this annoying thing where she's flipping through the dictionary and answering, giving them one word answers out of the dictionary in, in Chinese. Oh my God. Okay. It's I'm the sorry. Worst. I'm sorry. I, I got to stop for a second. Um, you, you gave them a hard time for calling it a Chinese American dictionary because American doesn't make sense. You know what else doesn't make sense? Chinese because there are two different languages in China. Yeah. Mandarin and Cantonese. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Also, I highly, highly doubt that Phoebe is able to learn Chinese. Period. End of sentence. I highly <laughs> doubt that Phoebe is able to learn a language that has like tone that has tones in it from a book. Mm. I'm sure that whatever she's saying to her sisters is just complete gibberish. Yeah. Because I'm sure she's not pronouncing it right. 
well, to borrow a phrase from David Sedaris, I'm sure she's going to end up speaking easy Chinese. The phrase he used was easy French, which is English, but louder and slower. Now I wonder if Jason was just fucking with her. Like, the book. <laughs> the book is just total nonsense. Yes. We, no. we trained her wrong as a joke. That would make sense why the book is a Chinese-American dictionary. Neither, neither side of that equation makes any sense. I wanted to see how many wrong things I could do before you would call me out, and it turns out there was no limit. It's like Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> Here's it, It's exactly like Fifty Shades of Grey. It's like Fifty Shades of Grey if Anastasia was too unaware to realize. Actually, I guess that does kind of fit Fifty Shades of Grey. What's a butt plug? I don't know, Anastasia. What do you think it is? Here's the other thing. This isn't real. This is a TV show. If they didn't care about looking up what language people spoke, they could have picked literally any country. It could have been a German-English dictionary. It, they could have been going to Germany. It could have been, like, it could have been French. They, it didn't have to be China. Also, she spoiler alert for the end of this episode, she doesn't end up going to China with him until, spoiler alert, for next season, she does. Whatever. I like how little Paige and Piper care about Phoebe's thing. Like, they're, they kind of just regard this as mildly annoying, her using the Chinese dictionary until finally Paige is like, okay, clearly, clearly you want attention. What is with the stupid Chinese dictionary? Almost thing wants attention. And Phoebe's like, oh, it's nothing. Except Jason invited me to move with him to China. And Piper's like, well, we have, like, two people who can orb, and we can all teleport if we, like, say a rhyming couplet, so, eh. Piper says that. Piper says that. Paige says, was he really on a business trip, or was he out screwing a bunch of other women? Because she's dealing with her thing, too. I, I feel so bad for Piper. <laughs> she just wants to have a simple ritual to make sure that her kid doesn't get eaten by a Gru. And she can't because everyone's arguing about how much they hate men. Uh, so guess who's on the phone? Uh, who's on the phone? Daryl! Oh my god, Daryl exists again? He was a main character. He used to be a main character in this show. He was in not every episode, but quite a few of them. They have dropped the ball on Daryl. Yeah, they really have. So Leo comes into the room with Wyatt. And he's like, can you talk to your grandmother because I really feel like it's not healthy for Wyatt to have someone who actively hates him telling him how much she actively hates him right to his tiny little baby face. Yeah, she hates that he's a boy and she makes no bones about it. Smash cut to bones. That was... Labored. Th th yes, that was labored. So the necromancer's gay assistant is setting up the skeleton ring to uh re blurb him back and the necromancer is like oh my god that was my ex did you see how hot she is and <laughs> and his assistant's like she killed you and he's like oh yeah yeah those flames god nothing burns as exquisitely as penny hallowell although i mean the important piece of information here is that the necromancer has control over people who are dead and he's just discovered that grams is dead it's like so 
Grams, maybe you shouldn't have gone down there. Just throwing that out there. I guess it makes sense that they uh, move in different circles afterlife-wise. Yeah. Because it feels a little weird that he wouldn't be aware of the fact that, you know, she was dead. I guess maybe if she had taken better care of herself. That's not fair. She she died of a heart problem. No, listen. It's the necromancer who doesn't know anything. Because he's like, why would she just come down here and banish me when you were just going to summon me right back literally less than an hour later? The only reason she would do it is because she still wants to bang me. And honestly, that's probably accurate. (laughs) But the assistant is like, "Um, well, she's probably left heaven for the uh the wickening for the new baby and the necromancer's like who had a baby why doesn't anyone tell me anything and and the the demon's assistant guy's like yeah no it's like the big thing but we're not supposed to interfere with the baby like it's a whole thing and and the necromancer's like okay but i can eat all of the ghosts that are coming to bless the baby and that wouldn't be breaking any rules or anything right and the assistant's like i mean i guess Nothing in the rule book says that you can't eat a bunch of ghosts coming to protect a baby. Uh, back in the manor, Grams is like staring into the empty bassinet. And this isn't me talking about the special effect they're using. She's actually staring into a bassinet that we see is empty. Like tracing the triquatra on the blanket with her fingers being like, oh, why did she have to have a boy? Why and- couldn't she have made me proud by having a girl? And Piper comes downstairs and she's like, Jesus fucking Christ, Grams. Can you stop being such an asshole to my baby? And Grams is like, no. no. She's like, I'm sorry, but you had you had the baby wrong and it came out a boy. So I'm not going to bless it because the Hallwell line, it's, it's matriarchal power. And Wyatt being born a boy means that he's bad and wrong and evil and will twist and pervert it because, you know... He's a man, and what men do is twist and pervert things, which... Okay, here's here's the thing. <laughs> yes? Okay, if we're talking about, like, reality, Grams is being ridiculous. But we're talking about a TV show. A TV show that is the very first TV show since Charlie's Angels to have a predominantly female cast. And the... The... St- story as conceived by Constance M. Burge is supposed to be about sisterhood and like the power of sisterhood. And these are supposed to be very powerful witches because the most powerful witches of all time. Right. Because they're like the three sisters who are prophesied. It's like the chosen one times three. Right. Mm. And then Brad Kern takes over and all of a sudden the thing that these three women were supposed to come together to do is birth the next generation the male heir who's going to take on all of that power and become even more powerful than they are and honestly as as a story that's pretty fucking gross like in reality no you don't you don't complain about the gender of the baby but as a story yeah fuck you brad kern brad kern is wyatt right like that's what we're seeing here he's a baby who's constantly fawned over and uh not even realizing that he's destroyed everything and he's going to grow up to be evil and mess it all up. Huh. It's a little weird to have yourself insert be a baby, but okay. Omni- yeah, he's omnipotent. He controls everything. 
Yes, very hot women fawning over him constantly. He's the one who keeps the charmed ones from dying, even when they definitely should. Mm. Yeah, it's Brett Kern. But, yeah. It's gross. If you remove the meta commentary from it, though, Grams is just being an asshole. Yes, like, especially because... She's not going to bless the stupid baby. She's like, I'm sorry, because Wyatt is a boy, I don't think he deserves to be protected. So maybe he can die and you can give birth to a girl like you were supposed to. Like you did in the vision of the, like you saw you had when you traveled to the future. And it's like, yeah, a future where Prue was alive and Phoebe was burned at the stake. So maybe there's a couple of things that have changed. Maybe we are on a different path now. Yeah, Piper points it out. Piper's like, a lot of stuff is different than in that future. Witches aren't being hunted down by the government because Phoebe electrocuted a baseball player. Although, hey, she did actually use her levitation in that episode. I mean, honestly, she's still got time to electrocute that baseball player. Hell, that storyline plays out in the comics. I am aware. I'm aware. So, meanwhile... Speaking of using your witch powers for for nefarious purposes... Paige, Paige has orbed Scraggly Joe into jail. And Daryl is not happy about that because... You can't. You arrest. can't do that. You cheating. Cheating is not a jailable offense, and you can't just drop someone in jail and leave them there. Also, between between the fact that Paige is just way way too into torturing demons to get information out of them, and her decision to just imprison her boyfriend for being a cheat. Like, Well, remember in the uh, My Best Friend's Wedding episode where we said goodbye to Glenn, she trapped Glenn's fiancé in a cliff in hell. She just is like... She's just like no due process page over here. Although, in all fairness, in that episode, she was under a spell that amplified her worst traits. Her worst trait being that she doesn't believe in due process. Yeah, in this episode, she's not under any influence. This, Yeah, this is just Paige being a bad person. Yeah. So she tells Daryl that he just needs to keep her boyfriend in jail for another 20 hours until his memory is erased. And, I mean, he's kind of backed up into a corner. Because if he comes out, he's going to tell everyone that she's a witch and that the this particular cop is letting her get away with all sorts of constitution destroying stuff so screw you daryl you just have to do whatever page says or we're both going down basically so piper and grams are still having the argument about you know whether or not wyatt should be blessed and grams is like men can't be trusted with magic and and piper's like leo's a man and he's got magic and grams is like he's a white lighter that doesn't count as a man I thought she meant that doesn't count as magic. I mean, hey, Grams, maybe if you had a white lighter, you wouldn't have had a heart attack on this. Well, I I don't know what what the white lighters choose to, because I guess technically it wasn't a magic related injury. But like Leo's healed a bunch of stuff for Piper that wasn't magic related. Yup. Grams is making some strong points, though, because. Phoebe comes down to back up Piper, and Grams is like, oh, oh, you're here. Remember Cole? Cole's evil. Remember your dad? He's evil. Luckily, this argument is uh, interrupted by 
the demon assistant. <laughs> I, look, okay, look. I, he, I love it. He flings Piper across the room. It is a fantastic shot. She flies into the wall and breaks the mirror that's hanging on the wall. They had to, it had to have been one of those like pull things where they have like a harness around you and they pull. Yeah. Like it looks painful, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if I heard some like behind the scenes thing that somebody got hurt doing that stunt. But like Piper takes it like a fucking champ. Yeah. Cause she doesn't even pass out. She gets up and, and you know, still is, uh, throwing that guy around, yeah, which is well, good she, because she blows up the demon assistant, which is good because Grams tries to use telekinesis on him, but then she's pushed back into the arms of the necromancer who's like, hey, Penny. Yeah, she starts doing the, like, it's like a crossed Find a arm penny, two pick finger. it up. God. It's like a crossed arm, two finger, like, point thing. Yeah. She, she starts it, but then the necromancer shoots her over and he's like, oh, Penny. Anyway, we go to commercial and when we come back, uh, Piper rightly points out that if Grams hadn't sent them down to vanquish the necromancer in the first place, he would still not know what was going on and he would have still been in his necromancer lounge and they wouldn't be dealing with this. So, thanks, Grams. They all realize that, you know, the reason this is all happening is because Grams used to bone the necromancer. And, Ooh. yes, barely wordplay. I mean, I'm sorry. It's embarrassing that it took you this long to figure that out. You should have known it from the entry in the Book of Shadows. Right? So Phoebe tosses Leo the baby because they're going to blah, 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 rescue. Well, they're not even really going to rescue Grams because as they point out, she's already dead. So they just kind of need to resummon her. But first they need to figure out how to like take care, take care of the necromancer for realsies. Which yeah, they kind of don't really. I mean, they do, I guess. But like, I guess now that he doesn't have his little assistant running around, he's just going to be dead forever. Yeah. Yeah. Or as dead as anyone isn't charmed. Right. Anyway, down in the necromancer's lounge now. He's lit all these candles and he's like, wake up, Penny. Wake and, she, up. and she does because she's dead, which means she's in his realm of control. And she's she starts to do the gesture again. He's like, uh, 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 no, we're not doing that. I do appreciate that even though he is in control of her, there's no creepy consent-based stuff. He just prevents her from vanquishing him. He does stop her from talking at one point, but it's because she was about to say a swear, and this is prime time. Yeah, for the mo- for the most part, I mean, obviously. As much as you can when you have a situation where there are two people who are ex-lovers and one of them has total control over the other, I, it there's not too much creepy consent stuff. Yeah, and Grams is like, what? Like he, He's like, so now that you're dead and I'm dead, you want to start dating again? She's like, no, you were just using me. You, you know, you just wanted to eat all the ghosts at my daughter's wickening. And he's like, I was just peckish after the sex we had. Yeah. He, he, he's like, no, I, I do want to eat the ghost, and I still want to eat the ghost, but that doesn't mean that I don't genuinely love you. You're, you know, a complete hard-ass who murders people all the time. That's my type. I mean, he's a demon, right? Yeah. De- I- demons, resp- it's like Cole told Phoebe way back in the day, the one thing demons respect is power, mm-hmm. and Grams has it. This is funny because we heard before in the 
demon wedding episode where Prue was almost forced to married to a demon. Mm-hmm. That demons can't feel love, but I think that's obviously not the case. Yeah. I mean, I, f- I feel like, I guess Cole had the I'm half human thing as an out, but I'm pretty sure we've seen demons love a lot. Yes. I feel like it's just demon racist to say demons can't love. So he's like, okay, what you're going to do is you're going to go back. They're going to summon you. You're going to go back. You're going to do the ritual. You're going to summon all the ghosts and then I'll eat them. And then uh, I can, we'll both physically manifest on the physical plane. I'll use their powers to bring us both back to life and we can live happily ever after. Forever. Eh, I mean, that's, that's, that's. That's quite the claim there, dude. Well, I think he means that that's enough power that they'll live forever. Hmm. So, my God, Phoebe's still talking about whether she's not sure whether or not she should go with Jason. And it's like, oh, my God, who cares? You're not going to be in the show any less. Jason's at the door because Phoebe hasn't given him a decision yet. And the private jet is leaving in like an hour and leo's like can you go and jason's like no i'm too rich for that and phoebe's like fine come in i'll kind of explain what's going on just like i've got family stuff so i can't go right now but he does he does say he's like i shouldn't have asked you like so quickly but which is true i guess he could have asked her over the phone when he was in china giving her some time to think about it yeah he did kind of just drop it on her but like he's like i don't want to pressure you but also my plane is leaving in 24 hours (laughs) yeah we're wheels up so uh figure it out but phoebe is definitely leaning towards going to china and she lets him know that she's leaning towards leaving all these losers behind and going with him so that she can fuck all day and not hate men the way Grams does because she doesn't want to turn out like Grams, which she definitely will because she's exactly like Grams now. And also, there are way worse fates than turning out exactly like Grams. Yeah, she's like, I was just thinking about how much my dead grandmother sucked at relationships, so I will go to China with you. And he's like, I, okay, I, I guess since we got there, I can't really complain. Also, he like that's a really weird thing for her to say i feel like that's a pretty logical thing for her to say like people in my family have a history of having fucked up relationships and that's made me not really understand how to have relationships but i'm trying to get over that like that's totally normal that's a normal thing to say hey phoebe do people in your uh, family know how to wear pants (laughs) yeah but she's getting over that too yes this is another episode where Alyssa milano is wearing dangerously low-cut pants and there's just so much torso on display yeah like which i mean fine i get it you did seven million sit-ups but like yeah i mean if my stomach was that flat i would probably never wear anything that covered it so fair but it just seems it seems weird to see that much pubic bone on you know network television and yet here we are and yet here we are so they resummon Grams and they're like, hey, we all remembered continuity that there is a spell that destroys ghosts forever, but you need a ghost to read it. And hey, you're a ghost, Grams. <laughs> Pretty convenient. There is always there's always a river or an estuary. 
or a fjord <laughs> when they need to use this spell well they they to be fair the first time they used it they just killed prue that's true they did did not stick that time but yeah grams is here and little do they know she's under the control of the necromancer and instead of reading the vanquishing spell she's going to read the family ghost summoning spell for the wickening so that he can eat all those ghosts um nom 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 Pac yeah, like he's style. Pac-Man. Yeah. <laughs> so the sisters are like, oh, my God, Gramps, you're with him. Because he blurps into the attic and, you know, he, he's stroking her hair. And she's like, oh, oh. And they're like, I can't believe you would betray us for a man after you've been so shitty about men all episode. And she's like, I can't resist him. And they're like. What could she possibly mean by that? What could our ghost grandmother mean when she says that she can't resist the necromancer, a man whose power gives him complete control over the dead? Now, I think that this is a clever response to the problem, although it does mess up continuity a little bit, as you said. Um, Paige realizes that what she needs to do to get Grams to be back in control is to cast the truth spell, because then she'll be in control. She'll tell the truth. Um, but as you pointed out, the truth spell should be attached to her, not to Scraggly Joe, which means Graham should already be under it. But anyway, she casts the truth spell. She tells Graham's, tell the necromancer how you really feel. And Graham's is like, hey, I love you, but not enough to feed all my ancestors to you. So, uh, I love you, but not as much as I love my girls. And I'm like, oh, so you did love the necromancer then. Yeah, she did. That makes all that face rubbing less creepy. Yeah. And then, after she banishes the necromancer, she's like, man, maybe I should give men another chance. I'm like, I don't think that was the lesson. How is that the moral of (laughs) this? I don't know how you got... You know what? Great. It's great that you're going to do the wickening for Wyatt. I do not understand how you got to hear from there, but... Sure. Why not? I learned a valuable lesson here today. I should definitely give this baby powers. Also, she tells Phoebe, don't ever give up on love. Listen, listen, here's another way. I'm kind of jumping ahead a little bit, but here's another way that Phoebe is just like Grams. Phoebe was about to go to China with Jason and Grams turns to Phoebe and says, never give up on love. And what Phoebe takes from that is that she should run to the airfield and tell Jason she's not going to China. (laughs) Yeah. But before that can happen, the 24 hours are up. Phoebe and Daryl come to let uh, Scraggly Joe out of jail. And uh, he's like, Paige, what am I doing in jail? And she's like, why don't you ask your wife? I mean, I he's like, oh, no, she knows that I'm cheating and that I'm a jerk. And yeah, that is true. But I feel like regardless of being caught or not, you would still demand answers in this situation. You wouldn't just be like, oh, no, she found out I'm a cheater. I guess it's okay that I blacked out and woke up in a jail cell 24 hours later. Yeah, seriously. Like, I I think this is this. I don't know. I was going to say this is the sort of thing you would call the police over or your lawyer, but, like. He's already in jail. He has to just assume that she drugged him. Right? 
I mean, and she has a dirty cop working for. I mean, I guess yeah. that's essentially what happened, right? Uh, and then Daryl's like, "Get out of here and don't call Paige because I, I love her and I want to take care of her in like a fatherly way, not a not a romantic way." And he's like, "Are you threatening me?" And Daryl's like, "Yeah, that, that was you. explicitly a threat." Yes. So. Yeah. Yeah. Also, we're getting a lot of play because that whole scene was in the dark, but this scene where Eric Dane is waiting for Phoebe's in the light and it's in the open air instead of in prison because then... All of Paige's scenes were in the dark instead of the light. I'm sorry. All all of Paige's scenes were in the dark and all of Phoebe's scenes were in the light, which is which is a little, a little obvious as far as symbolism goes, but still nice. Yeah. Still nice. So Phoebe ran and she's like, Jason, Jason. Like she's running through the airport. Everyone's clapping. He's like, you made it. And she's like, yeah, but I'm not going. I've discovered that there's too much love for me here with my family. Okay, here's what I wish had happened. Yeah. Because he's like, you made it. Oh, you don't have any luggage. You're not. Oh, oh no. I would. I think it would have been hilarious if she had gone with him with no luggage and had like or had had Paige or Leo or her home to change her outfit every day and just didn't explain to him how it was that she had a new outfit every day. That's that's the fan fiction I want to read. So she kisses Jason and she's like, you should wait for me. I'm not going to wait for you, but you should wait for me. I mean, he's not going to be gone that long. Also, like, phones exist. Right? I mean, it's not even a long-distance relationship. It's like you're not dating anyone for, like, two weeks. I mean, it's going to be a couple months, but still, it's not that long. Yeah. All right, time for the wickening. Yes. Uh, Wyatt is wearing a christening gown. A wickening gown. Mm. Yeah. I think we're clearly borrowing some things here. Yeah, yeah. I think a wickening is an actual thing. I couldn't swear to it. But I think it is an actual thing. But we're definitely borrowing from... uh... Christianity. Yeah. So... Penny... Grams summons a bunch of ghosts. Hey, you know who we're not seeing here? Prue. I guess she's summoning the matriarchs. And I'm like, okay, how 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 does one determine that you're a matriarch? Oh my god. Okay, we didn't talk about this before, but at some point when Piper's getting ready to to summon Grams for the wickening, she's like she refers to Grams as the matriarch of their family. But actually Grams is dead, which means Piper is the matriarch of the family now. I mean it was kind of the whole point of the fairy tale episode. Right? Whatever, it doesn't matter. So there's a bunch of women in like pilgrim outfits. To show how old they are. Yeah. I would kind of expect there to be more of a time frame here, but if we're assuming that Melinda Warren is the beginning of the line and there's, what, a matriarch every three generations, I guess. I guess. Then shouldn't there be fewer women here? Yeah, there should be. There definitely should be. And also their outfits should be more spread out across, you know, time, but whatever. Yeah, they're, like, all wearing Victorian garb. It's like they called as many extras as they could get a hold of. However many were going to show up was how many they were going to use. They told them all to wear old-timey clothes and figure out what that means themselves. So the ghosts shine their beautific light upon Wyatt, and then they're like, Blessed be, and they blurb back to heaven. Graham steps back until she's a ghost effect too. 
And uh, she goes last. I really do like the fact that Grams's ghost outfit is dark red. Okay. As opposed to the other ghosts who are all in white or lighter shades of colors. Are you ready for some color theory? Yeah. Grams's outfit is dark red. Paige, who's experienced passion and anger and sought revenge, is wearing red. And Phoebe, who's learning that she can open up and let herself love again, is wearing pink. Yes. I'm just saying. Yeah, that is good color theory. I'm just also Phoebe's been having that as a plot thing since season like two. Oh yeah, it's freaking exhausting. It's exhausting, but you know if if we're gonna do it, I. It's it's it's. This episode did it well. If we're gonna have to do it. Okay, I think the thing that really sells this episode for me, the right a the writing is a lot better than it has been as of recent. Uh, but B, all of the guest stars in this episode really understand what Charmed is at this point. Like, it's camp, like, there's a good balance of, like, camp earnestness. Well, okay, I mean, speaking of guest stars, let's just jump right into our segments. Alright, much like the Charmed ones, we have our own power of three. The first power in our pack is Premonition. Who in this episode is, was, or will become famous? I mean, this one's pretty easy and pretty obvious. Sam Pancake. Sam Pancake, who's also the waiter who serves Joey and Rachel on Friends in the episode where they go on a date together. Yes, you'll recognize Sam Pancake. He's been the gay guy in a lot of stuff. He was one of the few openly gay actors in the 90s. Like, he's been openly gay for a while. He's been in so much stuff. And he's always good. He also like, has his own podcast where he talks about various movies. Hmm. And I, I, he was also on a Golden Girls episode of Gayest Episode Ever, which oh. is one of my favorite podcasts of all time. Okay, Sam Pancake is fantastic, but we are talking around the big guest star. Chris Sarandon, who plays the Necromancer. I think he's most famous for uh, sitting a couple of rows behind my parents when they went to see a show at the Westport uh, Playhouse. Which I just want to mention because my parents had better seats than him. Just saying. I mean, what's funny is I think of Chris Sarandon as being, like, a big star, but his most... I can't think of a single thing he's been in. Well, I mean, his most iconic roles, at least in the in the circles you and I travel in, hmm. is the speaking but not singing voice of Jack Skellington, the Pumpkin King, and Prince Humperdinck in Princess Bride. Yeah. I mean, those are two pretty iconic roles so it's fine but yeah and he he's good i enjoy him he and he he brought it to this episode i love the necromancer he as they say as they were saying a few years ago he understood the assignment yeah he understood the assignment he was picking scenery out of his teeth yeah so that is our premonition Mm -hmm. uh that will take us to the second power in our pack time freeze what specifically dated this episode um, I, I don't really think, I don't really think there was anything that specifically dated it. Yeah, I, yeah, I think because we were using magic and summoning people, I don't, I don't, yes, I didn't feel like anything was dated particularly. No one called out, uh, Jason for using a private jet, even though they're environmentally disastrous. I'm sorry, I keep reading things about it recently and it's just, it's so depressing. I mean, I guess you could say it's a time freeze that 
Phoebe was like, how will I do my job? But um, even even in 2001, it should have been obvious that you could do your job from anywhere if, you're, if your job is writing an advice column. Yes, especially her job. I don't think Ann Landers ever left her house. No, no. We saw that movie where Wendy Malick played Ann Landers and Dear Abby, who were sisters and violent enemies. It's called Take My Advice. It was a made-for-TV movie. I definitely recommend it. Even though it had a fake ending where they, like, reconnect and and forgive each other, which never happened with Ann Landers and Dear Abby. Well, the movie ends with them. They reconnect and they get back together and then they immediately get into a fight and start screaming at each other. And then the movie ends. Oh, I just love that Ann Landers, not just sisters, but twin sisters. Yeah. Uh, Wendy Malick is also the perfect person to do that. We're, we've been rewatching Just Shoot Me. We are so close to the end. We're so, so close to the end. Yeah, the quality dips in that considerably. But Wendy Malick is always a treasure. She's always fantastic. And honestly, she's kind of a blueprint for Jenna Maroney from 30 Rock. It is weird. Like, there's a lot of stuff in there where you were like, oh, there is so much Jenna Maroney here. And Nina Van Horn, not Wendy Malick. Yes. What's our next segment? Uh, the next power in our pack is telekinesis. What if anything genuinely moved you? It's going to sound weird considering, again, this is one of my favorite episodes. Nothing. I mean, it's generally fantastic. Like, it's a it's a really fun episode, but, like, you're not having deep emotions. Yeah, I would say this episode was well-constructed, but it didn't make me, like, feel... Yeah. It's fun to watch, which is what you want out of Charmed. Although... I mean, there are episodes where that work on an emotional level or whatever, but, you know. This wasn't one of them. Uh, but it didn't need to be. No, it didn't need to be. It did It did what it was doing, re- and it did it well. Uh, we do have one of our secret powers, though. Ooh, which of our secret powers do we have? Uh, Molecular combustion. Of course, and we already talked about that, which is completely changing the way the truth spell works. But that's fine. It's fine. There's probably lots of truth spells in the Book of Shadows. It's probably something everyone comes up with at some point. Also, it gave Paige the opportunity to remember, to like, to, to bring it back again. So, otherwise it would have just been a thing that happened. Like, this gave Paige agency that she wouldn't have had otherwise. So, I'm okay with it. Yeah. I guess that'll about do it. Oh my god, I'm so excited. Yes, uh, next episode is Oh My Goddess Part 1, and the description on Peacock is, Leo turns the sisters into Greek goddesses so they will be able to vanquish mythic giants. Also, ooh, this is fun, because next week we're going to have a premonition about someone who is already on the show playing a completely different character, though. Oh, okay. I don't actually know which thing you mean, so I'm excited to get into it. All right, so I think that's it. Our show is partially listener-supported. If you want to be one of those supporters, head to our website, www.welcometotelevision.net, and click on our Patreon link. Our current $5 and above patrons are Beryl, Patricia, Rosa, Ryan, Maracruz, Benjamin, Kate, Jen, Dan, and Anthony. If you'd like to support the show in other ways, you could always rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the show. If you want to talk about this episode or any episode... Or any episode of any television show, you can tweet at us at I Love TV Zines or email us at I Love Television Zines at gmail.com. So until next time, I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And this has been Welcome to the Hallwell Manor. Mm-hmm.